The Holy Gospel according to Mark, the 12th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. As Jesus taught, he said, Beware of the scribes who like to walk around in long robes and to be greeted with respect in the marketplaces and to have the best seats in the synagogues and places of honor at banquets. They devour widows' houses and for the sake of appearance say long prayers. They will receive the greater condemnation. He sat down opposite the treasury and watched the crowd putting money into the treasury. Many rich people put in large sums. A poor widow came and put in two small copper coins, which are worth a penny. Then he called his disciples and said to them, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put in more than all those who are contributing to the treasury. For all of them have contributed out of their abundance, but she, out of her poverty, has put in everything she had all she had to live on. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Please be seated. Well, grace and peace to you from our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. It is one of the great traditions of the Bible that widows are close to God's heart. Um, In biblical times, widows lived a precarious and threatened existence. Um, Scholars tell us that a woman designated by the term widow was not merely someone whose husband had died. It was also meant that she lived outside the normal societal structure in which every female lived under the protection of some male. A widow was responsible to and responsible for herself. Now, that sounds pretty good in 2018. But scholars remind us that in Jesus' time, existing outside of the normal social structures, widows were susceptible to oppression, injustice, and exploitation. And because the woman had no male protector, God was pictured as her primary defender, and every Israelite was supposed to treat her justly. The welfare of the widow was the measure by which God determined the moral fiber of his people. We hear this throughout all of scriptures and in the Psalms where it says, God cares for the stranger and sustains the orphan and the widow. And we hear it in our readings this morning. In our first reading, there is a great drought in the land and God sends the prophet Elijah to the widow of Zarephath. And by the time Elijah arrives, the widow and her son are down to their very last meal. She has stretched out the little bit of meal and oil that she had left as far as she could, but now it's run out, and they're gathering enough wood to light a little fire and to cook it. This widow and this mother knows that after this meal, they are likely to die of starvation. And so she says to Elijah, I'm now gathering a couple sticks so that I may go and prepare it for myself and my son, that we may eat it and die. But Elijah brings hope and a blessing to her. He says, Do not be afraid. Those same words the angel speaks to Mary. Do not be afraid. The jar of meal and jug of oil will not be empty until the drought is over. And the meal and the oil replenish themselves over and over again, and the widow and her son survive. In our gospel reading this morning, we find Jesus berating the scribes of the temple And how they flaunt the wealth that they've gained, preying on the poor, as Mark says, devouring the houses of widows. And then Jesus takes a seat by the treasure, and he watches as people come by and put in their offering. 
And then in contrast to those who make a spectacle of their giving, a poor widow comes and gives two copper coins worth just one penny. In that time, maybe one sixty-fourth of a day's wages. It's all that she has. And Jesus says, This widow has put in more than anyone, for all of them have contributed out of their abundance, but she, out of her poverty, has put in everything she had, all she had to live on. She literally gives her whole life. These widows, among the most vulnerable in society, who lived outside the safety net of the social structures of that day, who lived on the edge and had next to nothing, offer us this morning a beautiful witness of trust in God. And among all others in in scriptures, they become the examples of hope and humility, of giving and generosity. Whenever I come across these stories of widows in scriptures, uh, I think of one widow in particular, uh, my grandmother, Anna Brosini, who we called Granny. Um, Granny was a great lady, but she lived a very hard life. And even though she had worked throughout her life, she was very poor and was on some kind of public assistance throughout the end of her life, as long as I had known her. Uh, And she was widowed almost as long as I had known her as well. Her health was never very good. She lived with diabetes for years until it finally overtook her in her old age. She finished her earthly journey at a Catholic nursing home, appropriately called Little Sisters of the Poor. But Granny had a deep, deep faith. Um, And because she didn't have a car, she walked to church every Sunday. And she sat in the same seat at the back right of the sanctuary, and she sang out, proudly with this warbly voice that she would sing with that would embarrass her grandchildren back then. She was one of those folks who always told the pastor exactly what she thought about the sermon. Um, And uh, she was the only person in a congregation that worshipped about 200 people who would clap for the junior choir after they had sung. The junior choir that her grandson and granddaughter would sing in. And so after we got up to the front and we were standing there in our gold lame gowns with our maroon collars and we'd sing, uh, my grandmother would be the only person in the entire church to stand up and clap. You know there are churches that clap for almost anything like us, right? And then there are churches that never clap whatsoever. And that was the kind of church I grew up in. But my grandmother always stood up and clapped. And she would clap like this. She would clap like that for her grandchildren. We didn't often worship at the same time as my grandmother. She'd always come to see us sing, uh, and then sometimes we'd make it to the earlier service that she liked to go to, but it was always so cool sitting in the aisle next to her as we worshiped all together. Um, And I do remember that when the offering plate came by, she took that so seriously, putting in her offering to support her church. You know, she didn't have much, but she gave Um, And little did I know then that as a young boy, I was witnessing the story of Scripture come to life as she faithfully walked to church in the mornings and sang out proudly in that warbly voice and gave the widow's offering. Um, I can remember that we'd always go to Granny's house on Christmas Eve and that she'd give us presents then. Um, We were a Christmas morning family for presents. Uh, The only presents we were allowed to receive before Christmas morning were from my grandmother. And so Uh, After church, we'd go down to Granny's apartment, and she'd give us her presents, and inevitably what we received were tube socks 
and underwear, <laughs> which is like the kid's least favorite Christmas present, right? Year after year after year. But looking back, I realize that those gifts represented much of what she had to share and that they reflected her practical approach to a world which was born out of struggle. But her greatest gift to us was her gift of love and time. Um, she watched my sister and I after school from when I was in about first grade up through high school. And every time we got home from school, she'd welcome us home. She'd put up with all of our crap. She would cook for us. Uh, and I can only tell you that the simple act of her giving us those handful of hours every day after school literally saved my life in so many ways. And as the years go by, I realize that much of what I know about being a Christian, I learned from my grandmother. For although she had nothing to her name, she gave us everything. I learned from her faithfulness, honesty, determination, perseverance, love, and kindness. And to clap. <laughs> she, as it says in the scriptures, gave her whole life to us and to God. And I think about all the ways that she gave, even though she had very little. And so when it comes to stewardship season in the church, which is everybody's favorite season, I know. When it comes to stewardship season, I think about my grandmother too and the passing of that plate on Sunday morning. It was so important for her to do that. Looking on the outside, you might think she has so little to give, but in fact she had so much that she gave to me and to us. Um, in this fall's stewardship campaign, Strength in Numbers, we hear how little things make a big difference. How when we each do something and each do a little, whether it's our time, our ta talents, or our treasure, when those all come together, we have a strength that we don't experience on our own by ourselves. Our ministries, our mission, our church is strengthened. And we have heard and seen how we are strengthened together as the people of God and the body of Christ. This has been a more practical campaign than some others, I think, a, a practicality that my grandmother would have appreciated. Um, and the stewardship team set some practical and specific goals for us to raise the number of new pledges, to increase the number of people on our Simply Giving, our online giving portal, uh, to encourage people to increase in any amount that works for them, to increase our overall budget. And we'd love to exceed some of those goals heading into the coming year. What this campaign has been and is about is about raising our overall participation in this year's campaign and overall financial support for our congregation because we recognize that we have some challenges that we can only meet when we all do it together, when we draw on our strength in numbers. We just can't assume that other people will take care of it for us. It's up to us. Um, just for instance, <laughs> we have old boilers that are going to need replacing. You may remember in January having to worship in the fellowship hall because it was too freezing cold in here to worship. Uh, we had to worship in the MPR uh, for the early service on Ash Wednesday uh, because the sanctuary was so cold. Those boilers are coming due. Um, we have a mortgage payment. Um, we have 
bills to pay, as uh, we all do. Uh, we have a building that needs lots of attention that we do an incredible amount for through all of our volunteer efforts, um, but we have to continue to keep it strong. We have a great staff that we want to support. We have ministries that we all value and gain strength from, which need funding. We have a giving base that we've relied upon for a long time, which is aging, and we all need to step up and take the mantle of stewarding our church for this and for future generations. I think a lot of people don't give or maybe don't increase because they feel like what they have to give or what they could increase doesn't really make a difference. It feels so small in the grand scheme of things, but it does matter and does make a difference. Like the widow's offering today, it makes all the difference in the world. Because there are so many of us, when we all do something, when we all step up, it makes an enormous difference across the 175 people who pledge or the nearly 300 people who give to our church in a given year. Those small, medium, and large increases all add up to make a difference. The key is for us all to do something, which is what the stewardship team is encouraging us to consider this year. Often, I think we underestimate what we have to give. And that doesn't go just for money. It goes for all aspects of our lives. And I see this all the time. Um, We give something or we do something, and it feels just like way too small for us. Or maybe it just feels like the normal thing to do, and so we don't give it a second thought. Um, But then somebody will say, that was just what I needed. Or that was just the right thing at just the right time. Or you might get a text or an email or a note later. Or you might only learn years later what a difference that word, that act of kindness, that thing you did, how that mattered to somebody else. Sometimes we think, well, we have to offer so small, but it's not small at all. Uh, we often discount what we have to offer as when we see with the widow, the, just the act of offering it up is a transformational and a holy act. Uh, The widow in our gospel could have easily looked at what she had and kept it to herself because that was all she had or it just seemed too small. She could have easily thought, what difference will my two cents make in the great and mighty temple? You might think that when you receive your pledge packet. (laughs) My grandmother could have asked the same question. What difference would this make? But in my grandmother's case, at least, her church offering and those tube socks and underwear and the gift of her time made all the difference in the world to me. And by extension, made a difference to you and to our church. Every offering, every pledge, every increase, every minute, every hour, every prayer, every act of mercy, all comes together and makes a difference. And so today we pause to give thanks to God for the widow at the temple a paragon of love and generosity and faith, and for the faithful witness of the widows among us here today. And what a beautiful example they are for the rest of us who have not experienced that loss of a spouse that still enjoy the social conventions of our time. Widows past and present continue to teach us about trust and gratitude. And as someone once wrote, they offer their treasures in the spirit of devotion and adoration as the gifts of glad and generous hearts that have been touched by the love of God. For having lost much, they continue to give generously of what they have. 
They continue to be grateful for what God has given them with an uh, awareness of what it feels like to be alone outside the social conventions of our time. They recognize the importance of sticking together and caring for others. These are the ones who send the cards to check on you, to call, to send you a birthday card, to make sure you're doing okay. Although in still many, in many ways, widows among us are invisible in our culture, they make God's love visible in their generosity and compassion, in their love. And so may we do the same in our lives this week, this year. May we freely offer the love and compassion and grace of God to those we know, to those we love, to those we meet. May we, inspired by the widows of scriptures and the witness of widows among us, share freely with what we have, knowing that God uses and blesses it all. And may we discover in new ways the strength that comes when we do it together. Amen.